Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. And more and more and more. We make mistakes. We blow it. Everybody's done it. Don't let the enemy use against you your own weakness, your own, mis- your own mis- uh, uh, mistakes. Don't let him use that as a club against you any longer. God says that's going to lift off of you today. And he's going to fully restore you and give you spoil. And the time that the enemy stole from you, God says, I'm going to give it back to you. And the Lord says this, even the areas of your reputation and business and stuff like that, God says, I'm going to restore all of that. Every bit of it, completely restored. Hallelujah. Sometimes God will give us a word of encouragement. The Lord says to cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. The enemy has done everything he can do to put a great sense of guilt upon you. And that guilt and condemnation is like a heavy weight that rests upon you. But the Lord has a simple word for you this morning. That you have to hear this in your spirit. It's this word. All is well. All is well. All is well. Be assured by the Spirit of God. Be assured by that which God is doing in your life and family. Be assured with what He's already insured you with, with the Word, and assured you with, that all is well. All is well. It's just the enemy trying to use an event to capture your mind and your soul and to depress you. But today, God lifts that from you today. Thank you for it, Father. There it is right there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But uh, the guy that narrated it was Leonard Nimoy. How many remember Leonard? That was, that was Mr. Spock on uh, Star Trek. And they were just talking about how what's going on in Israel is a sign to the earth that these are the last days of mankind. I, I was like blown away. I didn't get to watch the whole thing because uh, my prayer time starts at that time. So I had to go up and do some studying and praying. But the part that I watched was the part about how when, when Israel became a nation, uh, uh, there was a senator uh, in the Senate at the time that wanted to give them Alaska. Said, so, well, they can just have Alaska. They were, that way they won't be, uh, you know, all of, all of the turmoil of the Middle Eastern nations that don't like them. But, you know, uh, uh, those, those uh, Jews over there uh, would not be denied. They would not be denied. And they stood and stood. And I think the vote was uh, 33 to 13 with 10, abstain- uh, 10 people abstaining. And truly, according to the prophecy in Ezekiel, a nation was born in a day. Now, they talked about what's happened from 1948 up until now. But what they said about now is that the scriptures, the the prophecies in the Bible talk about how in the very last days of mankind, all of the different tribes of Israel will will begin to get restored. So it began to show how all over the earth, all of these people are coming to Israel by the tens of thousands that were parts of the lost tribes of Israel. I mean, it talked about them coming from Ethiopia. It talked about them coming from Russia. It talked about them coming from Eastern Europe. Yeah, I mean, from all over the planet. It was absolutely an amazing, amazing show. But the fact that they would have it on national television for two hours from 7 till 9 o'clock at night, I'm telling you, that we are, in the, as we've been saying for many years, we are in the last of the last days. 
We need to be busy about the master's work. Amen. And I, I, I understand and know that because of that, you know, you see all of the, uh, demonic activity on the earth uh what was it this week we had a, a school some poor guy went through a school with a bunch of knives stabbing people and all you know when we pray that prayer at the end of every service psalms 91 when we pray that god will protect you in your travels then we pray that god will protect you at your workplace that's what we're praying against that you know if somebody comes in and does that kind of stuff they ain't gonna do it at your business amen because you're in, you're in authority over that business. But if you happen to work in a Walmart or at a job, maybe up at UTMB or over one of the petrochemical plants. I remember it was way back when we were in the building at, on 45th Street. Uh, there was an explosion at one of the plants. Was it at Amico, Rowan? It, anyway, it was a bad explosion. Now, there were several people were killed. I think we had at that time three people that were going to church at, at Island Church uh, that worked in that particular plant and were there. One of them, uh, some strange something happened. They called him up and said, you don't have to go to work today. Another was in a meeting. And in that meeting, the Lord spoke to him and said, get out of here. And he went and got out, got in his car and took off. And, and that meeting was dismissed. And that entire building they were in was destroyed. And then there was another one also that there was another. There were three supernatural stories about, about how God uh, saved them and kept them from that destruction of that, of that part of that oil refinery blowing up. Amen. But I, I want you to know it's not going to happen to you. Amen. We pray here at Island Church. We release our faith. We stand on our covenant. We take our authority. Yes. Amen. That's not going to happen at your job. Not going to happen at your workplace. If it were to, you won't be there. You'll be on vacation. You'll be off doing something else. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 4. Let's read a scripture and then we'll review for just a moment. It says in Luke chapter 4 verse 14, speaking of Jesus. Now this is after his baptism, the Jordan River, when the Spirit of God came upon him and anointed him. Everybody say anointed. Then he withstood the temptations of the devil. The adversary came against him physically, came against him mentally, came against him spiritually. I got good news for you, Island Church. You can withstand the temptations of the devil mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, in your family, in your marriage, and in every other way. You're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? So it says here in verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Everybody say that with me. Power of the Spirit. Say it one more time. Power of the Spirit. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Now, go, if you will, to Acts chapter 10. Remember, Luke also penned the book of Acts under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He joined Paul's entourage in Acts chapter 16. But in Acts chapter 10, he's rehearsing the testimony of the outpouring of the Spirit at Cornelius' house. Now, as Peter preached this message, he recites to us in verse 38, Peter speaking here at Cornelius' house, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, with the Holy Ghost and with power, I like that phrase, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we see out of these two different scriptures in Luke chapter 4 and Acts chapter 10, it was not because of Jesus' connection to deity. Now let me say that again. 
You say, now what do you mean by that, Pastor? It was not because of Jesus' connection to deity that he did signs and wonders or operated in the authority or the power of God. Always remember when you study Jesus in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you are not studying a God on the planet or a God on the earth. You are studying a man in correct relationship to his God. So we know of no miracles. We know of no signs. We know of no wonders that ever took place in the life or the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ until he was anointed. Let me say that again. Until he was anointed. So there must be an element of anointing, an element of power that God wants not only his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to walk in when he was here, but he wants all of his sons and daughters. Oh, somebody ought to get excited about it. That he wants all of his sons and daughters. So how, can we dis, how can we demonstrate the defeat of a fallen adversary if we're not anointed with the same power? If we don't have the same authority, if we don't have the same ability in the spirit realm. So you must understand that this authority, this power, this ability, that's where it operates. It operates in the realm of the spirit. Now we begin almost 10 weeks ago studying the authority of the believer. We first begin to recognize and realize that you've got to grow up. God wants us to develop in character. God wants us to develop in maturity so that we can handle the power of God. We use the illustration of a firearm, how you wouldn't take a powerful firearm and give it into the hands of a 10 or 12-year-old kid because they'd, you know, they'd, they'd try to shoot at a blue jay on your fence and kill your neighbor. Amen. You've got to understand there are certain things you've got to, you've got to adhere to if you're going to handle any kind of power. You know, I'd like to fly one of those F-18 jet airplanes. How many like to fly one? But they ain't going to let me fly one. Amen. I don't have the knowledge. I said I don't have the knowledge. So authority and knowledge walk hand in hand. God wants you to have the knowledge of your authority so that you can walk in the power of God and to grow up in the things of God so that you can have the character to handle it. I've watched ministries for years, for 30 years now. I've been in the ministry. I've watched ministries. And I've seen some powerful ministries, men used of God, mighty signs, mighty wonders, mighty miracles, large crowds, lots of money. And today, many of those men are not even in the ministry. They had a great gifting. They had great authority. They had great power, but they did not allow their character to grow even with their gifting. Therefore, their gifting got into a place where their character could not keep them. The same is true of you as a believer. You say, well, pastor, I'm not a preacher, and I don't go out and preach, and I don't hold crusades. It's still true with you, too. Each and every one of you have a gifting. You have, a, you have an anointing of God upon you. You have a, a power. You've been endued with power if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to understand, your character must grow in line with that gifting, because if it doesn't, your gift could get way out here, and your character stay way down here, and you'll get yourself in trouble. You'll end up doing things you shouldn't do. You'll end up saying things you shouldn't say, going places you shouldn't go, trying to do things you shouldn't do. I remember one particular church, we, Lee and I preached in the church and, and, and blessed their hearts. They had an infant die in the church. And, and that's always such a tragedy. Well, they believed, the, uh, the, the ministry believed they should raise this infant baby from the dead. So they locked that, that, that child up in the sanctuary of the church. And the pastor and his wife and the staff and this family stay there for three days and three nights, fasting and praying. Well, you know what happened? The police department had to come. Had to come in through the door. 
had to come and rectify that entire situation. Now, it brought great embarrassment, and, it, and it, brought, it brought great shame to that church, and it caused that church, actually, for many years, that church went way down. Now it's beginning to come back up, but that church went way down for many years. But what happened was is they tried to operate in some power that they were not yet equipped to do because they had not grown to that place in their character. Amen. They say, well, Pastor, I'd love to just go empty out MD Anderson. So would I. How many like to do that? Especially where the children are. That bugs me more than anything else to see some demon of cancer get on a child like that. I'd love to be able to go in and empty out the burns, the Shriners Burn Institute and see creative miracles done in those children. I'd love to say, why don't we go do it? Because we're not there in character yet. We haven't grown to the point where we can do that. But thank God one day, if we'll stay with it, if we'll keep growing in the things of God, God will be able to trust us with more and more power and authority. Amen? But with that in mind, we still need to operate in the power and the authority that he lets us operate in now. And we have seen some great things. We have seen some signs, some wonders, some miracles, some outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and we're going to see it in a greater measure in the days to come. Then we begin to look at our adversary. How many remember our adversary? Anybody know where he's at? He's under our feet. Amen. I like what Brother John Osteen said years ago. He said, got any kind of message for the devil? Write it on the sole of your shoe. Because the Bible says he is under our feet. We discovered that the devil never was a part of deity. He was never a God. He was never a, uh, one, one, one religious cult said he was the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not even an archangel. You say, what do you mean an, arch, an archangel? We have two high archangels mentioned in the Bible, Gabriel and Michael. He was not even in that class. He was in a lower class of angel. He was name was Lucifer. He was an anointed cherub, but he got full of himself. He got full of himself. Selfishness manifested in him in the form of iniquity. He caused an insurrection in heaven, and Jesus said this, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That means as soon as he caused insurrection, Jesus, the word of God, threw him out of heaven so fast, it looked like lightning hitting the ground. Well, that's what the Bible says. I said, that's what the Bible says. So we don't adhere to any of these novels, novels or fables that talk about great eons of time, good and evil struggling back and forth. Satan was never on that level. He was never a threat to God, never has been a threat to God. And I want you to know because of the finished work of Jesus, he's not a threat to you now unless you allow him to be a threat. The Satan is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Then we studied for three weeks. Man, I'd, I'd like to go back and do it again. Three weeks we studied that name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. We studied how he got it through conquest. Glory to God, he went into that region of the dam. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over him in him. He destroyed the devil. The Bible says when you get saved, that your human spirit is sealed unto the day of redemption, and the evil one cannot touch it. He got it by having it conferred upon him through his work as the Savior and as the Lord as he came to the earth, relinquishing himself of all that heaven afforded him as God and as Lord. He put aside his mighty deity. He put aside his royalty. He put aside all of his power and ability. And he came down and got into the womb of a little virgin girl named Mary. 
And he lived 33 and a half sinless years. And he died a horrible death upon a cross. And he shed his blood. And he suffered in hell three days and three nights. But the good news is he rose from the dead. And he entered into the holy place of heaven, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And the Bible says in Hebrews 1, as he has through inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And in Romans 8 it says, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And because of him we get to use that name. I get off on the name of Jesus. I just get wound up. But remember the conclusion of three weeks of teaching on the name of Jesus is that the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. The name of Jesus takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. Amen. Now today we're looking at being endued with power, endued by the Holy Ghost, go to Acts chapter 1. We know both in the book of Romans chapter 15 and all through the book of Acts, it talks about the behavior and activity of the Lord Jesus Christ as referring to the miraculous signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Spirit, that which is in operation or was in operation in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see reflected in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, they did signs, wonders. What are signs? Signs are something that point us to something. What should signs point to? Jesus. Wonders, that which makes you wonder. You know, anytime you wonder about something, you'll do an investigation to find out what that's about. That's what wonders do. They create curiosity. Sometimes there are wonders that God performs that creates curiosity curiosity in a community and people start coming to a church because of wonders that are, do, that are done. Amen? So we see the same activity in the lives of not just the apostles but of the church. For even in men like Stephen, the Bible says mighty signs and wonders were wrought by him. Uh, there was also another deacon named Philip. He ended up an evangelist in Acts chapter 8, going and getting people that were crippled, healed, and casting out devils. Uh, we know that later on in Acts chapter 9, God raised up a man by the apostle, named the apostle Paul. He was Saul of Tarsus. And we know it says in Acts chapter 19 that special miracles, everybody say special miracles. Well, praise God if they had special miracles in that day, why shouldn't we have them in this day? That special miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul that even from his garment were taken handkerchiefs or napkins and when laid on the sick and the demon possessed, they were delivered. So we believe in a signs and wonders and a miraculous and gifts of the Spirit, God. We believe that the same mighty power that was loosed on the day of Pentecost should be evident in our churches today. And we contend for that here at Island Church. That's why we teach on these things. Now notice Acts chapter 1. Let me get over there. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus is the one they're talking about when they use the phrase, being assembled together with them. Now, now let, me make a, let me make a statement here. Let me help you with this. And being assembled together with them. This speaks of Jesus being together with followers before his ascension. Are you with me? Not before his resurrection, but before his ascension. When he went up in the clouds and said, I'm coming in like manner. 
So he gathered some people together. Around 500 people were gathered together. And he's talking to them. Now notice the term. He's not just gathered with them. Because the Bible speaks of the gathering of people. The local church setting being the But now notice the term. He's what? He's assembled. Now I don't know if you've ever had to put something together. Usually at Christmas time, uh, that task, you know, falls to us dads, uh, you know, to assemble the bicycle or the, I remember, what was it? A, a, a basketball goal. It was about three or four years ago, I was going to put together this basketball goal after Breland had gone to bed and get that basketball goal ready for her for Christmas morning. Well, that night it was a blue northern blue in, it was freezing. And I remember, you know, working on it out for about 30 or 40 minutes uh, before I looked at the uh, uh, instructions. Because I thought I had it together, but there was like 15 parts left. Amen. But I had gotten the basketball goal in this big box and all of the parts of the box were gathered together but they were not assembled now let me say that again all of the parts of the box were gathered together but they were not assembled God begins gathering together people for the purpose of assembly now, now, now let, me, let me stay with me just a minute because this is part of our authority corporately. We began 12 years ago believing God to gather together. To gather together. There was just a few of us. I think we had 60 something people on our first morning. Uh, uh, Roland was with us and there were a few other that were working in the praise and worship. A couple of people acted as ushers. We had a couple that took care of the young kids. Other than that there was just nobody helping. But over the years God has gathered and gathered and gathered. We have close anywhere from 500 to 650 people now that are calling Island Church their home church. So uh, we see a gathering, a gathering. But out of that God begins to do what? He begins to assemble. He begins is to put together a functioning body. We start out having church, we end up being a church. I said we, we start out having a church, we end up being a church, but now notice the phrase again, and being assembled together with them. The most important component. Without this component, we are not a church. Without this component, there are no signs. Without this component, there is no wonders. Without this component, there's no salvation. Without this component, there's no healing. Without this component, there's no glory. Without this component, we might as well just go to the beach because nothing here is working. But with this component, we can do anything. With this component, we can go to the four corners of the earth with the gospel. With this component, we can build a brand new building. With this component, we can obtain the land that we need. With this component, we can see the lost saved, the sick healed, the oppressed delivered. We can see the gifts of the Holy Ghost and the mighty power of God released. That component is Jesus. I said, that component is Jesus. And he plainly shows us right, right out of the chute. That's a good Texas term, Amen. First jump out of the chute, he shows us the most important component to church, to the move of God, to the evangelization of the world, to healing revivals, to Holy Ghost meetings, to whatever you desire to do, to the authority of God, to the power of God. The most important component is Jesus. Now notice this. And being assembled together with them, commanded them. Now that's a strong word. That word command is a strong word. There's not many people in your life you can command. Right after Leah and I first got married, I commanded her. <laughs> One time. And she got down on her knees. 
and looked under the bed and said, come out of there, you coward, and fight like a man. <laughs> there are certain people you don't command, amen? But now you've got to understand something about Jesus. He bought you with a price. His own precious blood. He left all the comfort that heaven afforded him. He came down to this planet that was under the sway of demonic powers and Satan himself. He lived 33 and a half sinless years. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But he stretched his hands out on that rugged cross. He died and he bled. He let go of all the comfort of life. He went down and suffered in hell itself so that you, brother, sister, can be born again and leave death and enter into life, leave darkness and enter into life so that you can be blessed and redeemed by Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. You ought to lift our hands and just thank Him for a moment. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now listen. He has the right to command. Salvation is an invitation to the world. Every week, we go to the jails. Uh, Every month or so, we go out on the streets with our tent. Every week, through services here at Island Church, on the internet, And through teaching and preaching, we go to the world and the world that we live in. And we throw the net. We give the invitation. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's an invitation that's to the world. But once you are saved, Jesus reserves the right to command you. He reserves that right because you belong to him. Therefore, when you hear a command of your Savior, you ought to listen to it. Now notice, notice. Being assembled together with them, commanded them, number one, they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Notice the word Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. I like that. That's a New Testament term. Now, Jesus is not speaking to people who are not born again. You say, how can you say that, Pastor? Because he cannot command people that are not born again. If you do not belong to Jesus, then you belong to your father, the devil. That means you were born into Adam's family. You're part of the human family, and the human family belongs to Satan. Now, he's commanding those that what? Had already seen him, in which he had said, feel my hands, feel my side, see that I'm risen, Don't be a doubter, be a believer. So he's talking to people who are already born again. So he's not speaking of the new birth. Because through the new birth, the Spirit of God comes to abide. Comes like like when Jesus was talking at the woman of the well. It said, be a well on the inside of you, springing up into everlasting life. The new birth is for you personally. The new birth will help you go to heaven and help you live in a piece of heaven down here on this earth. The new birth causes you to become a new creature in Christ. You pass from darkness into light, from death into life. You are now a new creature. You are now the redeemed of the Lord. But now God is talking about another working. Everybody say another. We know because of the teaching in John chapter 14 that the Spirit of God will be in you. Everybody say in you. And with you or upon you. So now he's saying there is another experience. Now we must understand this as believers. Many times God sovereignly will pour out his spirit in such a manner that there really does not need to be a lot of teaching or preaching on the subject. The charismatic revival was such. I remember Lee and I, when was it? 1988, I believe. We were in the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. Remember that? 10,000 Catholics. 
priests and nuns all over the floor, dancing with their hands up, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. See, that's God's sovereignty. We saw that uh, beginning in about 1968 through about 1981 or 82. That was kind of a, a, a leftover of that. But we saw uh, Baptists and Methodists and Episcopalians. There was a church up in Houston called Church of the Redeemer. It was an Episcopal church, and they didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're up there worshiping God one morning, and the Holy Ghost fell on them, filled them all with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues. Well, God does that sometimes in his sovereignty. Other times you've got to speak, you've got to teach, you've got to show people plainly in the word of God. It is the will of God for God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, to endue you with power. This has to do with our authority as individuals and corporate authority in the body of Christ. Now notice what it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, but you, everybody say me. It says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Everybody say, upon. Now, this is speaking not of the new birth. The new birth, the Spirit comes in. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit comes on. Now, I in no way belittle the power of the new birth. The new birth is powerful, church. We in no way belittle it. We in no way put it on any lower level. We in no way, in any way, say that, well, you know, if you don't have the one, or, 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 or if you're baptized the Holy Ghost, then, then being born again doesn't mean anything. No, 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 no. Your new birth should be celebrated every day. You ought to give up, get up every morning, lift your hands and say, thank God I'm saved. If I were to die today, I'd go straight to heaven. Thank God I don't live in darkness. Thank God I live in light. Thank God I'm a new creature. Thank God old things are passed away. But... Now listen to me very plainly. But there is a dimension of spiritual power unavailable to those who are just born again. Now let me say that again. There is a dimension of spiritual power and authority unavailable to those who are just born again. So Jesus not only wants you born again, he wants you baptized in the Holy Ghost. He said you shall receive power. Now that's the Greek word dunamis or dunamis, which actually we get our word dynamite from. I don't know if you've ever sat off any dynamite. But over in, over in Louisiana, I don't know if they still do. I think they've quit selling them. Over in Louisiana years ago, they sold a firecracker called an M80. Does anybody remember the M80s? Whew. That's literally a quarter stick of dynamite. And I remember putting one in a tree one time and lighting it, stepping back just a few feet. It blew that branch from here to the back wall. I was like, man, that thing got some power. Well, I want you to know God wants to endue you with power. I said, well, that's for the preachers. No. Oh, that's just for those that travel. That's for, no, no. That's for you as a believer. God wants you endued. Now listen to me. You may not agree with this, but if you'll study the word, you will find out that it's true. God wants you walking in the same power that Jesus Christ walked in. You will never walk in the same measure because he has the spirit without measure. But you have your measure that you can walk in. And it is a measure of power. It is a measure of authority that no demon, no devil, nor Satan himself can overcome. And then when I bring my measure, 
And Brother Roland brings his measure. And Pastor Leah brings her measure. And Brother Danny brings his measure. And Brother Frank brings his measure. And you bring your measure. We all bring our measures together. And now we got corporate power. And I want you to know no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. No hurricane named Ike will ever shut us down. No, no problem that ever happens in the world or the world system will ever stop us from doing what God has called us to do. Because we have power and and authority. Now go to Acts chapter 2 for just a moment. My time's almost up. I got 10 minutes. It says here in verse Acts, as in verse 1 of Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. Now he spoke to 500, but only 120 obeyed him. 120 went to the upper room. Now the upper room was in the temple, that's where it was. They went into the temple, into the upper room, and were there seeking God. They were all in one accord and in one place. Now notice what it says. And suddenly there came a sound. Everybody say a sound. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. You know what it sounded like? Have you ever been out on the, on the, uh, on the tarmac, on the, on the runway, when a jet took off, when a, when a 747 or a 777 or 757, when it took off? I know many of the, when we used to travel a lot, we would fly into some of these third world countries, and they don't have uh, 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 terminals like we have where you drive the plane up and you, and you get, you've got to walk out to the plane. Well, at times when we were walking out to a plane, another jet would be taken off. Man, that thing, was, I mean, it shake the ground. Well, these guys were in there seeking God. And there come a sound from heaven that sounded like a 747 landing in downtown Jerusalem. <laughs> Amen. Now notice what it says. There come a sound from heaven and it filled the house where they were sitting. Now notice, before they were filled, the house was filled. The devil has worked 2,000 years to get the presence of God out of the house of God. He don't want you sensing the anointing. He don't want you sensing the presence. I remember there was a point there in praise and worship this morning. My hands were up. I felt like I was walking in heaven itself. The anointing of God was on me. So I just didn't believe it. I could feel it physically. I could feel tangibly the presence of almighty God. The spirit of God had come and filled the house. Anybody sense that? I mean, there are times when I just come walking into the parking lot or walking into the office during the day, and I'll come walking across, and I can just sense the presence of God still residing in the building after a service that we'd had the night before. God wants to fill the house with his presence. It's his house. I said, it's his house. We're his church. We're his people. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is in us, he should be in the house. How many churches this morning? So sad. You know, you, you get into the church and you can hear a pin drop. And they want everything to be so reverent and so holy when actually it's not. A lack of sound is not a sign of holiness. I was telling the early service, a friend of mine was privileged to preach at Dr. Youngie's Cho, Youngie Cho's church in, in, in Seoul, South Korea. At this time, at this particular time, the church sat about 50,000 people. I think they had four services on Sunday and each service 50,000 people would come. As, the serv as one service would dismiss and the other service would come, they would come and begin to pray in the Spirit. He said sometimes there'd be as many as 25 or 30,000 people praying in the Spirit. As the service would start, Dr. Cho would go over and ring a bell. And when he'd ring that bell, the whole crowd would start praying loudly in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. He said that prayer sounded so loud, he said you could scream and not even hear your own voice. 
He said it sounded like the rushing of many waters. He sounded like the ocean in turmoil. He said, I'd never heard a sound like that before. He said they had to go ring the bell to get everybody to stop. Listen, God uses sounds. Amen. And he fills the room, he fills the house with sounds that manifest his presence. And God wants you to know, he doesn't want you to live a life in which you never experience God. Thank God we walk by faith. Thank God we believe beyond our emotions or feelings. But God wants us to have times of refreshing from the presence of God where you tangibly feel the anointing in the presence of Almighty God. So sad that so many churches don't practice that today. It filled the house where they were sitting. Now notice verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now there's a, there, there's a relevance to the cloven tongues. There's the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost in which you speak with other tongues. Then there is the gift of tongues that is an operation that not everybody receives. But you've got to understand that the dimension of the Spirit when it moved into the cleansed vessel. You say, what do you mean? The Spirit, of God could the Spirit of God could abide in no vessel that had not been cleansed. The tabernacle had to be cleansed. The temple had to be cleansed in order for the presence of God to abide and remain. Your tabernacle or your temple was cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God abides where? Know ye not? Know ye not? The kingdom is in you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The Spirit of God abides on the inside and empowers when He comes upon us. And it brings with it fire. Now, a lot of people don't like that fire element. You can tell when fire gets on somebody. Fire, there, there, there's, a, there's a constructive element to fire. There's a destructive element to fire. When I was a kid, did anybody grow up in the Assemblies of God besides me? I grew up in the Assemblies of God. We had a, we had a group. Uh, it was likened to the Boy Scouts called the Royal Rangers. Anybody remember the Royal Rangers? I was, a, I was a pioneer and a trailblazer in the Royal Rangers. Well, on a camp out one time, I took and, and, and soaked my hand with lighter fluid. Just trying to be cool. You know how that is. And then I took a match and I lit it on fire. Well, after about, after about 10 or 12 seconds, the flame had used up all of the available fuel provided by the lighter fluid. So it began to seek an alternative fuel, being my hand, my skin, my hair, and everything else. When that happened, my hand, without thinking, without me controlling it, my hand put out the fire. There is an element of fire to the Spirit of God. That when it gets on you, and see that's what that, the, 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 Christian, the Christian church as a whole has become the fire department. And when the fire does start falling, instead of yielding to it and letting it spread, you say, well, if we did that, we'd just have wildfire, wildfire, wildfire. Well, I think we could bring wildfire into control, but if we ain't got a fire, we ain't got nothing. And when the fire begins to burn, it causes you to step outside the dimensions of your character. Now, let me help you with this, because we're studying the authority of the believer. How many want to be effective out there in the, where you live? 
You have to have some boldness to look up at a waitress that's waiting for you, waiting on you at a restaurant. And the Holy Ghost has given you a word of knowledge. And you know by a word of knowledge, this is one of the gifts of the Spirit. That she was beaten last night by an abusive boyfriend. Uh, that she's lost custody of her child. The Holy Ghost has spoken that into your spirit. You know that by the Holy Ghost. And God's saying, now I want you to minister to her. You better have some boldness. I said, you better have some fire. Uh, where you're standing across uh, from the lady at Walmart that's checking out your groceries. And you don't know, she just looks like a normal person. But two days ago, she was at the doctor and got diagnosed with cancer. You better have some fire on you. You better have some boldness in you. You better have some authority and power that this world knows nothing about. You better be operating in divine authority and power. And in so doing, knowing that fire takes you outside of your character, within the confines of a sanctuary. Everybody say sanctuary. Where it's safe. Where if you get out of order, we'll talk to you. We'll get you back into order. We'll get you back into where the fire is constructive and not destructive. But you may have never shouted before. Some people, the most wildest thing they've ever done is lifted their hands. You come into a church like this, their hands, they say, that is just crazy. What are people doing? Well, it takes a little fire. You got to get out of your character. Amen. Some people never danced. Some people never ran around the church. Whatever it is, when the fire of God gets on you and you step outside of your character, that's just, that act that you ever played out, that you shouted, you danced, you ran, you screamed, whatever you did, that was preparing you to go outside into the world and step outside your character again. But this time it's not jumping and running and shouting and dancing. This time it's ministering. Because God wants you full of the Holy Ghost and power and authority. So you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both Jerusalem, Judea, all the region round about. Day of Pentecost came, came a sound from heaven, filled the place where they were sitting, peered unto them, cloven tongues like a fire, and it filled two janitors, <laughs> the pastor. Are you with me? Two janitors, the pastor, and one youth worker. No, no, no. It filled, notice what it said, and they were? And they were? And they were? One more time. It's the will of God that all should be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the problem, though. Here we go. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them much. Now here's where we, there's, there's, I wish we were in a charismatic revival. Where you could teach on Noah's ark and the kind of wood it was built out of. And 600 people get filled with the Holy Ghost. Honestly, that was what's going on in the charismatic renewal. But we have to teach people by the Word of God. Now that's where a lot of people, they say, I see no need. Why? Those tongues, they're, they're, you know, every time I think of somebody speaking in tongues, I think of some snake handler on TV. Not me personally, but that's what a lot of people think. They think about somebody, you know, handling snakes, somebody with, you know, one tooth in their mouth. And if you've only got one tooth, well, thank God we'll believe God for you for more. But they have one because that's all they want. <laughs> Amen. You know, some backwoods, ignorant they speak in tongues because they don't know better. Well, let's think about that for just a moment. Every book of the New Testament, Matthew through Revelation, was written by God 
who inspired a man that spoke in tongues. Every denomination that you study, I dare you, go out and study the denominations. Study the Baptist, study the Methodists, study the Episcopals, study the Lutherans, study the Catholics. Every denomination started with men filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Every one of them. All of the great moves of God were moves of God that included people being born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and speaking in other tongues. Today upon the planet, one of the greatest phenomenons upon this planet is the preaching and the propagation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What you may or may not think about the character of the men and women that are on Christian television, what you may or may not think about the, Christ, about, about the character of those that have brought Christian television to us, Christian television reaches more people today than any network on the planet. More than Fox, more than ABC, more than NBC, more than, more than, more than uh, any other network, TBN and the associate ministries of TBN reach more people than any network on the planet. They preach the gospel to the planet. It was built by tongue-talking people. And is built, maintained, and run by Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled people today. The greatest outpourings of the Spirit in the healing revival took place through men and women that were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. The great charismatic revival was the bringing out of the denominations, people that had not received that experience, and by the thousands, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. We're going to see in this day and hour, as God begins to allow the time clock to wind down toward the rapture of the church, we're going to see a great revival in Christianity, a great spiritual awakening, a lot of the people who have been ashamed of the gospel that have entered into user-friendly, seeker-friendly, not even using the name of Jesus, you're going to see a hunger begin to rise up. And they're going to begin to come to places like Island Church, and they're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're going to speak with other tongues. God always uses a remnant. There's just been a remnant of people that have maintained and believed and stood on that. Now, the tongue part. You have to understand that when man fell, his language fell. Man's language. The first thing that Adam did was to lay the blame on the woman. Which was actually laying the blame on God. He used his words. They brought destruction. He used his words. He used his words. Uh, Cain killed Abel. His words. All of the words. They were so bad that when God came down and looked at the planet and looked at Babel, he said, I've got to take and I've got to destroy and give them languages and confuse their languages because if I don't, there's nothing that is in their wicked minds that they will not fail to do because they all are of one voice. When you got saved, everybody say saved. Your mind did not get saved. Your flesh did not get saved. Your spirit man is the redeemed of the Lord. You got saved by doing what? Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. You only possess one thing that touches all three dimensions of your life. You say, what is that? Your voice. Your words touch the physical. Your words touch the soul. Your words touch the spirit realm. So I don't know if my words touch the spirit realm. Then don't ever pray again. 
If you didn't believe that your words touched the spiritual, you'd never pray. You'd never try to communicate with God. But your words touched the spiritual. But the problem with your words, your words come from your intellect. Your mind must be renewed by the word of God. Your intellect has the ability to look at something, assimilate thought, assimilate, transmit thought through vocabulary where that the hearer can understand what the speaker is saying. If I wanted to go to lunch after a church and I was going to invite you to lunch and I went to you and said, you know, I've been thinking about taking you to lunch. Would you like to go to Guido's to lunch with me today? You would understand that I was inviting you to lunch. You would understand the place where you were supposed to go and you would understand the time in which you were supposed to be there. I said, meet me there at two o'clock. Don't be there. But how many understand what I'm saying? You would understand that because of my ability to assimilate thought and communicate it in such a way that your intellect can receive and understand it. When you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, there is evidence. God wants you to have a physical phenomenon. Let me say it again. God wants you to experience a physical phenomenon. In order to show you, you have received this experience. It is the ability of God to disconnect your tongue. Everybody say disconnect. Now, stop right there for a minute. We'll help you. Your tongue, hopefully, <laughs> what, 50%, 60%, maybe some of us 70% of the time is connected to your intellect, your mind. I'll prove that in just a minute. So as I said earlier, you're able to be invited to lunch and understand where to go, what time to be there. But there are other times when your tongue proves its independence. James, the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, calls it what? An animal. An untamable animal living between your pearly whites uncontrollable. Has your tongue ever disconnected itself from your intellect, from your intelligence, and hooked itself to your anger? You ever said something you wish, I wish I'd never said that. I got a few scars on the left side of my head, right side of my head that I wish I'd have never said that to that guy standing there holding that pool cue that day. Amen. Has it ever disconnected from your intelligence from your intellect and hooked itself to your fear, your anger, your disappointment, your problem, your situation. Has it ever disconnected itself and hooked itself to a bottle of Jose Cuervo? That's tequila for all of you holy people. Well, that's what Leah told me anyway. You ever heard somebody say, that's just the tequila, that's just the whiskey talking, that's just, that's just the drunk talk. Proof that what? The tongue can disconnect. But God, in his mercy, in his kindness, in his goodness, says you need a weapon. You need a weapon. Now I've given you the badge of authority. I've clothed you with righteousness. You look like somebody that has authority, but do you have a weapon? I know in many of the European countries that we preached in, they took the, the, they took the revolver or the, or the pistol away from the police officer. He does not yield near as much of authority. He does not intimidate near as much. 
because he no longer carries his sidearm. But I want you to know, I ain't like that. that's not the case in Texas. Those guys wear a belt. They look like Batman now. They got, they got a bullet they can shoot through you, or they got this thing they can shoot into your shirt, and it'll just... Well, a taser is what they call them. Don't tase me. Shoot me. I'd rather be shot. <laughs> Amen. Well, you must understand, when the Holy Ghost, you shall receive what? Power. Denonymous. Working power. Dynamic power. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God reaches into you and begins to disconnect your tongue from your mind, from your emotions, from your disappointment, and from the Jose Cuervo. And he hooks it where? To your human spirit. Now, where is the Holy Ghost? In your human spirit. So you, by the Holy Ghost, let me say that again. So you, by the Holy Ghost. Let me say it one more time. So you, by the Holy Ghost, you what? By faith, yield. By faith, give. Everybody say give. That means you give him your tongue, you give him your vocal cords, you give him your breath, but what you do not give him is your ability to assimilate and speak thought. You allow the Spirit of God to what? Says in Acts 2, give you utterance. He does not force himself. I heard a guy say that one time. Well, if the Holy Ghost wanted to come, he can come on me anytime. He's the consummate gentleman. He desires faith. I can talk to you in English, or, or I can so rabasa katele mesihibra, so excuse me, hand me some water, <coughs> or I can speak to you in tongues. Uh, thank you. I can speak to you in tongues. I can start in English, and then so rabasa katele bohasa, mandale beke so rabaso, so rabayandale beke. Now that's what? That's the Holy Spirit by. That's my spirit by the Holy Spirit. Speak. Now I've been praying in tongues for 30 years. Some days I may, I may pray in the Spirit two and three hours a day. You say, why? Because that is my connection. Praying in the Spirit makes you aware of your human spirit. Your human spirit is the communication center of God. He does not speak to your mind. He does not speak to your flesh. He speaks to your spirit. <clears throat> so the more aware you can be of your human spirit, the more you can be led by the Spirit, the more you can hear from God, and the more you can understand when this boldness comes upon you, how to set people free. It is our most powerful tool as a church. Now, let me close with this, my last closing. God did not birth the New Testament church in doctrine. He did not say, I'm going to give you 50 years of doctrine, then we'll, see, then we'll see about doing a miracle. The only teaching these guys had was the teaching that Jesus gave them. All they knew was, hey, we're supposed to go to the upper room. Then when they went to the upper room, they got filled with the whole, they're all looking at each other going, whoa, whoa, did you hear that? Then off they went. Then they spilled out into the street, which means what? God doesn't want it locked up in a closet. He wants it going public. Then out in the street, people were marveled. They amazed. One said, some, some said, uh, uh, they're speaking uh, the mighty mysteries of God, the good works of God. Some were in doubt. Others mocked. That's always going to be the case. But then by the Holy Ghost, they evangelized the world. God raised up the Apostle Paul. By the Holy Ghost, 
He went throughout all Asia. He went all over the world teaching and preaching the Word of God. And today, the enemy, since that time, has fought that one doctrine more than any other doctrine. People have become apathetic. they become complacent. Other people have tried to explain it away like it's not even relevant to this day and hour any longer. People have done all kinds of things to try to make believers think you do not need this when actually your Lord and Savior commands that you walk in it. It endues you with power. It gives you strength. It gives you boldness. It tunes your human spirit. It helps you hear from God. It, un it unveils the written scripture. How many of you ha have been baptized in the Holy Ghost? And since you were baptized in the Holy Ghost, you've seen the Bible in a new light. Wow. It's amazing. Once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, how you are no longer intimidated by the devil, you begin to intimidate the devil. It's amazing when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, instead of running from him, you run to him. It's amazing when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, instead of trying to hide, you look for people to help bless and set free. And when the Holy Ghost lifestyle becomes your lifestyle, instead of just an experience down at the altar, it's amazing how the gifts of the Holy Ghost begin to operate, the fruit of the Spirit begins to manifest, and next thing you know, you're an asset to the kingdom of God. And you don't have to be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. You can be a housewife. You can be a school teacher. You can work at the filling station. It doesn't matter. You can be on fire for God everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up. Hallelujah. Open your mouth if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Oh, come on. Don't be timid. Come on. You've got, you've got the mighty power of Almighty God on you. Now let me just do this real quick before we dismiss. If you're here today, and you're not doing right, you're not living right, hopefully you got right with God this morning. Hopefully you got right with God. So I'm not going to give that altar call. But if you're here, and you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, you've never spoke with other tongues, or maybe you have, and it's just been a struggle for you. You've just struggled with it. You say, well, I went down to the altar one time, and I mumbled a, a couple of words, and, and I don't really understand what they were, and, and that's, I've just been confused ever since. Well, why don't you trust God to get a divine flow? Pastor that I went to his Bible school, one of my mentors in the, in the kingdom of God, Brother John Osteen, he, was, he had hands laid on him to receive the Holy Ghost. He got two words. What, what were they? Oh, oh, he, he took those two words, Otolio. How many remember that? And he went to, got into a hotel room. He said he went Otolio, Otolio, Otolio. He said I went minutes, I went hours. He said finally the Holy Ghost hit me. And he said the power of God came on me. He said next thing I know I was speaking in tongues and flowing in the Holy Ghost. That's why Lakewood Church became Lakewood Church because a Baptist preacher got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why it is what it is today. So it is powerful. The greatest missions work I know are headed by people who are filled with the Holy Ghost. The most effective mission works, missions works that I know. Brother Egan Falk that was here Wednesday night, he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaks with other tongues. Teal Osborne, other great ministers that preach these great mass revivals, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. 
They speak. They do the works of God. They mimic the book of Acts. That's what we all should be doing that. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've not received that. I'd love to receive it. Raise your hand. Anybody like that at all? We have one, two, three, four, five. Anyone else? Praise God. Well, come on up. Come on up. Every person's got your hand up. We're going to pray for you. You're going to receive today. Give them a big hand clap. Come stand right here. Come on, every person. Every person that wants to receive today. Don't be afraid or ashamed. Come on, don't be afraid or ashamed. Every person that wants to receive, come forward right now. Every person. I want to get a lady to come, Pat and Natalie, Leah, sweetheart. Diane, if you'll come. I want to get a lady behind each lady here. Look at all. Uh-oh, man, you better watch out. These ladies get full of the Holy Ghost. You're in trouble. Come on, anybody else? You say, I've not received it. I want to receive it today. I want you to come. Stand right here. Come stand right here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to wait one more minute. I'm going to wait one more minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pray with me just a moment. Church, there are others that really need the Holy Ghost. You really need to be filled with the Spirit. You say, you don't need to labor on that subject. Pastor, I'm not coming up there. Well, I'm just going to pray for you another minute here. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. People that need the Holy Ghost will respond this morning. People that need the power of God will respond this morning. Hallelujah. Now, one more time. Is there anybody else? Because once everybody's up here, we're going to close it down. And we're just going to allow those that need it to receive. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Do we need someone else? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, now, everybody look this way. Everybody look this way. Now, who's going to speak? Good question, huh? Who's going to speak? You are. You are. You're going to speak. Everybody say, I am going to speak. I am going to speak. I am going to speak. Now, the next question would be, what am I going to speak? Well, you're going to speak whatever the Holy Ghost gives you. Whatever spirit, whatever utterance there is. Let me say this. Where's, uh, I think we have Andy and, and, and the banks are here. Ted and Ella are here. Uh, of course, my dad could test. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. When I go up to Rama, or when I teach at Rama churches, we were just at Pastor Mark and Janet Brzee's church, and when I listen to the Brzee's and to the people that are connected with them and with Rama, when they pray in the Spirit, you know who they sound like? They sound like Brother Hagen. When I get around Lakewood folks and people from Lakewood Church that were especially there in the old days under Brother Osteen, they sound just like Brother and Sister. Can I get a witness in that truth? They sound just like them. I get around people that are around the wards. They sound like the wards. People that are around the good ones. That's who I sound like. I sound like the good ones because that's where I got filled with the Holy Ghost. It's amazing how there is a, there is kind of a, 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 for lack of a better word, a mimicking of those that you were around. Now we kind of have our own language around here. We kind of have our own sound. So as we begin to pray and you begin to hear, now here's what your mind will say. Well, I don't want to say anything that they're not saying, but what we are saying is of the Spirit of God. So a lot of times what you'll do is you'll pick up a phrase that I may be saying. Pick up a phrase that Pastor Leah or the lady that's behind you, something that they may be saying. You pick that up. You pick that up. You repeat that. You go with that. That's called faith. 
You give it your heart. You give it your breath. You give it your vocal cords. You give it your mouth, your tongue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then you trust God. As you start out, you trust God. Okay, Lord, I'm going to I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. Now I'm going to, yeah. Now I'm going to say that. And then you just trust God to take off. What starts as a trickle will turn into a torrent. Jesus liking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, John chapter 7, to what? A river. There's a difference between a well and a river. A well is for the individual. It's for the family. River is for the whole community. So everybody stand on your feet. Lift your hands up. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Church, come on. Let's create an atmosphere for all of these to receive. Oh, you that are filled with the Holy Ghost, get refilled right now. Get refilled. Fresh and new this morning. Oh, now just pray in the spirit pray in the spirit now you that are down here you that are in the line pray this out loud everybody pray this out you that are standing down say heavenly father thank you I am born again Jesus is my Lord is my Savior your Holy Spirit abides on the inside. Today, I want to be endued with power. I believe I receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I will not, I will not be denied, but I believe I receive right now, right now in Jesus' name. Now, church, begin to pray. Now, when I come and lay hands on you, you just begin to speak in other tongues. There you go. That's it. Now, let it flow. Pray with her in tongues. That's it. Now, let it flow. Pray with her. That's it. Let it flow. Now, come pray with her. She's got it. Come on. Come on. It's got to be you. It's got to be you or nobody. That's it. Don't let your mind rob you. That's it. Come pray with her, Natalie. Oh, that's it. Let it go now. That's it. Come pray with her. Come on. Don't let your emotions rob you. No, no. There you go. There you go. Now let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. No, 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 not in English. Oh, banana seke mandarabasa. Yebra saketele. That's it. No, no. Come on, you've got it. It's all over you. Speak it out in Jesus' name. Sikere mandalabaha. Yeterebakasabra. That's it. Rebasahe. Meperekesete. Mandarabakase. No, no, no. You're that's English. Breke so talabaha. Yisa taramasa. Come on. You can do it. Say it with me. So Don't let your emotions rob you. Your emotions will try and rob you. Don't let him do it. So Come on. Gently. Receive the Holy Ghost. There it is. That's it. That's it. It's all over. Come on, Pat. Come on. Come on. Speak it out. That's it. You've got it. Now let it flow. Come on. Come on, let it flow. Come on, let it flow, young man. Yeah, come on. That's see, she's got it. Come on, come on. Come on, give it, give it some volume. That's it. Now let it flow. Let it flow. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on. 
Come on, come on, come on. You can do it. You got it. It's, it's, that's it. So that's it. That's it. Now let it flow. Let it flow. Come around and pray with her. Come on, open your mouth. Open your mouth. That's it. Come on. Come on. Speak those words out. It's all over you. Come on, let it flow. That's beautiful. You've got it. Beautiful. Come on, come on, come on. That's it. That's it. Say, now come around and pray with them. Come around, come around front and pray with them. Come around front and pray with them. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. They've all got it. I said, they've all got it. Come on, rejoice. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on, get filled. 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 Oh, patere mende bakaso rabayetele mekete. Itele manda baso rabayetele bokoso rabayandele masa. Isetele bakaso rabayandele mekese tere baso rabayete. Ina masar bakesto la baso rabayetele mokoso rabayabrate sobra hasa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, hold on just a minute. We're going to help make sure everybody's got it. Did you get it? You got it, didn't you? How about you? Right here in the green. How about you? How about you? You got it? How about you? You got it? How about you? How about you? How about you guys? Down this way, down this way, down this way, down this way. Now, where's the one that said no? Well, what's wrong? Are you saved? <laughs> okay. Sometimes you got to give some people some instruction. Years ago, I was down in Harlingen, Texas. And we were down there teaching, and the pastor came to me. and said, now there's going to be a little lady come up in your prayer line. If you pray for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a lady come up in your prayer line. It says, we've had evangelists come for five years. And every one of them has laid hands on her. She's never received the Holy Ghost. When she comes up in your prayer line, she's not going to get nothing. Well, that, 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 that challenged me. I said, okay. So she came up. We had about eight people that came up that night. Each one of them, all seven of them, just like that. Feel the, so she stood there like this. So I, I put my hand on her and I said, what's wrong? She said this, I can't speak in tongues. I said, what's wrong? She said, I can't speak in tongues. I said, say this with me. She said, I said, say this. I said, I can speak in tongues. So she looked at me and you could tell she just made her mad. I can speak in tongues. I said, say it again. She said, I can speak in tongues. I said, say it again. She said, I can speak in tongues. I did that for 10 minutes. She was so mad she could have hit me in the mouth. <laughs> Finally, the last time, the last time, the last time, I mean, this has been going on, the whole church is looking at her. The last time, I said, say this with me one more time. I can, she said, I can speak in tongues. And when she said it like that, I laid hands on her and instantly she began to speak in tongues. <laughs> well, she just got mad enough to get it. It's what it was. <laughs> now say with me, I can speak in tongues. Say, I can receive the baptism and the Holy Ghost. I can glorify my Heavenly Father in a language I've never learned. Thank you, Father. My spirit can be released to magnify and glorify Almighty God today 
I will receive the Holy Ghost. I will speak in other tongues. I can receive it in Jesus' name. Now put your hands up. Thank you, Father. Now feel her. Now you got to yield your throat, your mouth. You've got to say it. That's it right there. See, now stop, 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 stop. Stop. I know it. I know it. I want to help you get it. And I want you to think you got it, not I gave it to you. Okay. So you started. You started. You started saying what I was saying. That's the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. So that's your starting place. That's where you're saying, this is what you're saying. When you said what I said, this is what you're saying. Well, by faith, I'm just going to say that. Isn't that right? That's it right there. How many got it the same way? Now lift your hands back up. Now I won't stop you this time. Father, now. That's it. That's beautiful. Now let it flow. Let it flow. Now pray with her. That's it right there. That's it. Now everybody pray one more time. Everybody pray one more time. Come on. Release your voice. Release your prayer language. You got it, sweetie? Come on, let it flow. That's it. That's it. Come on, church. Worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Who has a message in tongues? Wave your hand. Give that out, Ella. Yes, it is not as it was in the days gone by where there was an outpouring of my spirit on an unprecedented level. But that does not mean that people cannot receive. That does not mean that I am not building up to something. For if you will just go ahead and receive, you will be way ahead of the curve of those that will get it during a move, during a spiritual awakening, during that which I do by my sovereign will and power. But by faith, you can launch out now into the things of the Spirit. And you will be well prepared and well ahead of those that will lag behind because they did not receive. So today rejoice that my spirit has visited you and rejoice that you have received that that even in ancient days of old they desired to have for you have received saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. So one more time let's all pray in tongues together. Come on. Oh bandeleme sebre Father, we worship you. Jesus, we magnify you. We glorify you. We exalt and praise your holy name. Hallelujah, we glorify you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen people. Got the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. Y'all give me your book. Everybody gets a free book. Read that book. Praise God. It's by somebody that talked in tongues a lot. Hallelujah.
It'll be a blessing to you. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You enjoy being in church today. Oh, give the Lord a mighty shout. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.